This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Well, we have a firefighter in the house. It's not uh, Ryan. (laughs) DJ Alex D is filling in today. Hi. Hey. That <laughs> is how we started I, I, I said we have a firefighter and there was like and then there was, sirens yeah, blaring. Maybe I shouldn't have done the wee-woo-wee-woo <laughs> sound. That might have... So Alex D, DJ Alex D, sorry, not to get too casual, brings us what's poppin' after our show on Friday. Yes. So what's poppin' today? Well, the new music is is going. There's new music from Dylan Francis, which I'm excited about, but I gotta be honest, this is my first time live in the studio since pre-pandemic, and I'm kind of nervous because I forget how to, like, talk. I've already been warned not to swear. So as a reminder, yeah, yeah. as a reminder, oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I haven't been. I haven't been back in this building in over a year and a half, which wow. is insane. Sam Smith is still on the wall, so I love that. You yeah. Right at home. How yeah. does it feel to be back? Because this is something that a lot of people went through, where they've been gone from work. Maybe you still are gone, but yeah. that first day coming back. Yeah, you know what? It it feels good. Like the energy is cool. Um, I just. <laughs> You know, it's, I just, cool, yeah. it's, it's cool. I'm just, um, I'm sad that not more people are here, but I am very proud of our building specifically. They're taking like the sanitary precautions really, really strictly. Yes. So like I'm proud, sad that I can't hug everybody. I mean, I have already, but you had to I'm, shower. I'm vaccinated. So. You had to shower in Purell, actually. There's one right in front of me and I'm very excited. Right it's the first thing I did. <laughs> I'll probably steal it, to be honest, because I, okay. I need something to remember. I might not be here for another year. No, so no. we'll see what happens. I think they have enough Purell. I believe. Anyway. Yeah, whatever. DJ Alex D, it's great to have you here. I'm excited to dive into some fun stories with you. Yes. Because coming up, this was a story that was going viral today. The Elon Musk robot is here. And guess what? We found the reporter at CNET to talk to all about this. That's coming up in 30 minutes. And details on the Jeopardy host controversy. That's in the tea in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. During a time where more than 130 anti-trans bills in 36 states have been introduced this year alone, Dr. Rachel Levine, the assistant secretary of the HHS, who's also the first trans woman in that job, Mm -hmm. she's incredible. She outlined the federal government's support for transgender students, even as their community is under attack. I thought this was so beautiful, considering how the previous administration has treated this stuff. Yeah. Come out with, like, a back-to-school video. Yeah. And, and and to be honest with you, it's it's really rewarding and, and, and really refreshing to see somebody in power speak out like that because yeah. we've never seen it. 
And yep. and at the end of the day, we're we're all in this boat together. So it's nice. It's it's really nice to see somebody like put out this video, take the time to do it because no one's done that. Totally. She said, um, amongst many other things, that I've got your back too, and I'll do everything I can to support and advocate for our community. Now let's move on to what's happening with Afghanistan. President Biden is continuing to defend his withdrawal from Afghanistan. And Afghanistan. If bin Laden had decided with al-Qaeda to launch an attack from Yemen, would we ever gone to Afghanistan? Would there ever be any reason we'd be in Afghanistan? Controlled by the Taliban? What is the national interest of the United States in that circumstance? We went and did the mission. You've known my position for a long, long time. It's time to end this war. Well, Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, said the president believes U.S. forces will be able to get all Americans who want to leave Afghanistan out of the country by the self-imposed deadline of August 31st. However, Sullivan said the U.S. does not know exactly how many Americans are even in the country right now. This whole thing is a mess. Uh, and he said the U.S. has the capacity to actually fly thousands of people from the Kabul airport to other countries each day. But... It's the responsibility of those fleeing to get to the airports themselves. So we're not providing Ubers is what I'm hearing? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I heard. But like, which is interesting because a lot of people have said how difficult it is. That also said is they didn't say, talk about the visas here. You can't just get on a flight if you have nowhere to go legally. Right. And, and the whole thing is, is you don't know how many people are in the country. Well, isn't that something that we maybe should have figured out yeah. or at least getting like a rough... Head the, count. the refugee situation is just tragic that's happening oh, right yeah, now. It really is. Well, that was what's trending this hour. Let's move on to the tea with DJ Alex D. Okay, let me see if I can <laughs> fill Ryan's shoes. Yeah. So this is the tea report. Go get it. Okay, perfect. I thought there might have been a jingle or something. It's it's fine. Nope, I'll, not here. <laughs> my, my voice will carry it. So, <laughs> so uh, Mike Richards has stepped down as the host of Jeopardy. Um, he decided to step down after uh, old controversial comments came back. Um, he said uh, the past incidents and comments are very regretful. Yada yada yada. Here's the thing. Oh yeah, get Here's to it, thing. DJ Alex D. Jeopardy. Whoever whoever runs Jeopardy, uh, didn't you maybe think about hiring an old white man? Twice? It was strange considering the times. And then also, yeah, like if you're, why copy the past? Make something new. I just, I don't, I don't really understand it. And, and not that I watch Jeopardy at all to care, but I, I just, I I feel like somebody in power should have been like, Hey, maybe let's try a different route. I am curious who's going to take over though. I know. I wonder if it's going to be LeVar Burton, uh, because that is a fan favorite, but According to this video that's been circulating, mm-hmm. Alex Trebek actually had said who he wanted to take over. I he mentioned that. this woman's name, actually, Laura Coates. I remember that. Laura Coates is a sports host. Uh, she currently works. I saw this on social media actually mm-hmm. today, so I'm kind of looking it up right yeah, now. Yeah, no, 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 that's okay. Uh, where is it? Yeah, everyone's talking about Laura Coates right now. She is a senior legal analyst at CNN mm-hmm. and host of the Laura Coates show. Uh, yeah, so so she's brilliant. She's basically very smart. Yeah, see, see, I would go the other way with it though. I would go someone funny and entertaining. Cardi B tries <laughs> Jeopardy. I'm calling it right now. I feel like that could be You're an, welcome. an episode, or like on <laughs> SNL, they should do. That. Yeah, oh, that'd be funny. I'm I'm here for it. Um, I don't know if it's my job to wrap it up. I don't know what Ryan does. 
That was the so, tea report. Oh, that was the tea report. There you go. Wonderful. Shira, back to you. Yeah, and let us know what you think of the <laughs> Jeopardy host situation, who you think should get the job at LGT shows where you can find us on social media. Next up, why jobless benefits have little effect on unemployment. The latest news next with Politico. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, only eight of the 26 states that ended federal jobless benefits early saw a statistically significant drop in unemployment in July. And that's according to Bureau of Labor Statistics data. Joining us right now to break this all down and why it matters is Eleanor Muller, who's a labor reporter for Politico covering the Hill. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, um, yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> yeah, go into it. I love a reporter <laughs> that just dives in. <laughs> What does it mean exactly in terms of their argument that people are staying unemployed because of the benefits? Yeah, so basically what this report was is it was the uh, unemployment data for July broken down by states. And of those 26 states that ended their unemployment benefits early, um, most of them were in June and the beginning of July. So we should have been able to see any effect of that decision in the July data. But essentially what we saw instead was that there was no real effect. You know, I've been speaking with economists all day and they say that you know, there's really no evidence as of right now that the decision to end unemployment benefits has had any effect whatsoever um, on the actual jobless rate. And so will this change the GOP's arguments? Because they make it seem that benefits or social services stop people from getting jobs. It absolutely weakens it. You know, I think that it's possible that in a couple of years when the state has been revised, we find out that there is a very slight impact. Um, but as of right now, like I said, there really is there really is no evidence. And that's going to be a big blow to them. And I also think it'll make the Biden administration reconsider this decision that they finalized this week to not pursue an extension of unemployment insurance past that September 6th nationwide deadline. Wow. So what will be the impact of all of this? Yeah, I think that it will just um, I think it strengthens the case really for federal unemployment insurance reform. And that's the argument that we're going to see advocates make. Um, You know, a lot of people think that unemployment benefits should be tied to automatic triggers, i.e. if the economy hits a certain point, then a level of benefits automatically kicks in. Um, So I think that that'll be definitely a conversation we see moving forward, especially as Senate Democrats try to move this package through uh, using budget reconciliation, which will allow them to pass it without Republicans. Sure. Uh, this is Alex, by the way. Um, and 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 just going off that, federally speaking, what will be the difference between these states? I mean, you you really can't look at California the same way you look at North Dakota or anything like that. So how will they really go about it? Will they take an average or, or will they really do it state by state? How does that work? I think it depends on what route the reform will take. You know, if they choose a nationalized system, then I think they'll have to decide whether they want that to change based on the uh, system or based on the conditions within states or based on the conditions on an average nationally. Um, There's a couple of different proposals out there. Senator Ron Wyden is one of the biggest voices, and he's definitely been pushing for this for a while. But I also have sources on the Hill that say that this kind of large-scale unemployment insurance reform, you know, it's not 
it's not super likely it's going to make it into this uh, round of legislation. Um, it's certainly not something that the Biden administration has been spending its political capital advocating for, you know, even though we saw the labor and the Treasury Secretary call for it in a letter they sent to Congress this week. Um, we haven't been seeing Labor Secretary Marty Walsh or Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen making the same kind of cross-country publicity tour that they have been for other provisions in the bill. And just quickly, 30 seconds, the economists that you talk about, where, where did they see the future of this with the unemployment? Do they feel concerned? I think they're all, I think a lot of them are still waiting to see. I mean, I spoke with um, Mark Zandi, who's the chief economist at Moody Analytics, and he um, basically was saying that this data isn't perfect. You know what I mean? Um, it will be, it's been collected in this almost like a state of duress. There's been a lot of complicating conditions, and in a couple of years it will be revised. So I think it'll be a while until, frankly, we have the complete picture of what we're looking at right now. All right. Well, that was Eleanor Muller, labor reporter for Political. Thanks so much. Thank you. Next up, the story I've been wanting to cover. I'm happy we're doing it here, and then I have a show today. Elon <laughs> Musk unveils his humanoid humanoid robo robots. You got it. You got it. Humanoid robots. He talked about that today. It's really out there. We're going to be talking more about that with CNET right after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Tesla CEO Elon Musk is back at it, making headlines. He unveiled a humanoid robot today, or yesterday actually, but it was everywhere today, called the Tesla Bot, and it runs on the same AI used by Tesla's autonomous vehicles. Do you get what I'm talking about? Because I'm not even sure. Here to break it down is editorial director of CNET, Jason Heiner. Thanks for being with us again. A pleasure. Thanks, Shira. I mean, are you a Musk fan? Were you amazed by this big reveal? <laughs> well, I, I don't know about amazed. It seems like a little bit of a flight of fancy, and they're not against having a little fun to get attention. And so that's what this felt like more than like a product they're betting the company on. I think this is a, an idea to try to draw more attention to the fact that they are more and more becoming an AI company with their self-driving technology. Yeah. So can you explain what this uh, bot was? Like exactly break it down because I don't get what it does. What's the point? (laughs) Yeah, Tesla bot. So this was Tesla's AI day yesterday. They were mostly talking about their very famous autopilot and full self-driving, these kind of self-driving cars that aren't really fully self-driving. But what they did was at the end, they said, and you know, these cars are basically almost sentient beings. And they said, and so, in fact, they're so close that we're going to make a robot uh, called the, the Tesla bot. And the idea here, you know, what Musk said was that they want to replace, use these robots to replace um, some manual labor and what you might call kind of last mile things like in delivery, for example, one of the reasons we need people in delivery is like the car. So say that car was self-driving and you ordered, you know, from Panera or, you know, Chipotle and, uh, you, you know, you ordered it, it still takes a human to get it from the car to, to your doorstep, right? Well, I think part of the idea is something like this could take that the last way or could do, you know, some assembly line tasks or those kinds of things. 
Wow. Okay, so I get it. And it's supposed to be friendly, I guess. I mean, I feel like we're going into possible evil territory, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the one of the great memes on the um on the internet today was like, okay, so we're afraid that we we're, we might have to leave the planet because the robots might take over and then we have to go to Mars. And so he said, so so Elon Musk is trying to get it to take us to Mars with SpaceX. And now he's trying to build the robots that might take over the planet that force us to leave. And so, you know, so he like wins on both ends. And so pretty great. This uh, sounds like a yeah. really bad movie plot. I don't know how this is. Even even another meme was like, so we didn't learn anything from Terminator, iRobot, Transformers. I have this right odd on. feeling Elon Musk next is going to say the Tyrannosaurus Rex is back. That'd be going old school. Yeah. That'd be old school. Right, right, right. I mean, completely left field here, but I'm here for it. <laughs> Wait, so uh, Jason, what, uh, AI, like what do you mean by now Tesla just becoming an AI company? Yeah, so everybody knows what car companies do and how they make money, how they produce vehicles. What the difference between Tesla primarily, not just being electric vehicles, which is very important, of course, for the planet and lowering carbon, but really what they're betting the company on long term is the self-driving function of their vehicles. Because what they're aiming for is like, you know, within about five years to be able to turn these cars into self-driving taxis, right, where you just have an app you um, call it up for a ride. And so a lot of people won't, won't ever have to buy a, a vehicle, right? They'll just use an app. So the utilization, the number of vehicles on the roads will go way down. The amount of parking spaces you need, way down. The cost of those rides goes down by a massive fraction, right? It's, it's uh, incredibly cheaper. And that's what the world that Tesla is really trying to build. It's about electric cars today, but for tomorrow, it's really about self-driving taxis. And that's an AI um, function. You know, I, I, it's interesting. I feel like this is when we thought we were living the Jetsons right now, and we're not. Like, we're, you know, we're not living in yeah. the Jetsons world. Is this ever going to really happen, what Elon is imagining? Like, how long ahead, Jason? <laughs> mm, I, it's, we're talking at least five years, I think, before we would see the first self-driving taxis in any kind of like scale. And at first it'll probably be like one small community, right? In Arizona or somewhere, uh, you know, Ann Arbor, Michigan or something. And, you know, and then we'll see that play out for a year or two before, um, yeah, before it becomes a bigger Got deal. It. Well, t we're taking a break. Jason Heiner, editorial director of CNET, will be back with us after this because we are talking about Facebook, how they just showed us how we'll not just work virtually, but in the metaverse. The future is here after this. Woo! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All these big tech announcements happened this week, including from Facebook yesterday, who announced Horizon Workrooms. It's a new way for office workers to connect using virtual reality. Yes. Back with us is editorial director of CNET, Jason Heiner. Okay, Jason, give us the scoop on this one. Yeah, so, you know, VR, virtual reality has been a thing that uh, has been trying to make um make waves for the past decade and uh the the oculus quest is the product um and now the oculus quest 2 it's really kind of close to where um the ecosystem um the people who love vr have been wanting vr have wanted it right it's hands-free it's under 500 dollars. it's pretty good but it's still trying to find some use cases and at the same time facebook um knows that uh it's population is aging out very, very quickly, right? People like under 30 are not into Facebook at all. So they're trying to find their next big thing. So those two worlds have met because Facebook bought Oculus and uh, now they own it. And so one of the things they're trying to do is create these virtual workspaces uh, where people can can hang out. And specifically in this case, they're these workrooms, Horizon Workrooms is the name of this where you can bring your computer into this virtual uh, round table that they've created. And so we have a story on this in CNET by Scott Stein. He was in this, uh, this group of about 12 people that got together with Mark Zuckerberg uh, in the virtual um, VR workplace. And the cool thing was you could bring your computer with you, which is kind of interesting. So you're essentially a cartoon character in this. And uh, but you bring your kind of cartoon computer with you, which is sort of interesting. And, uh, you know, you can kind of have a a kind of virtual meeting, virtual conference room. It's all a little bit hokey, I'll be honest with you, but it is interesting. (laughs) And, uh, you know, will it be the future? Do people want to spend that much time with a, you know, a big thing, you know, anchored to their face? Probably not. But um, but maybe there's a, a future there that uh, is going to be interesting enough to some people to spend some time. Well, that's kind of what I was going to uh, ask you. I think after this pandemic, as more people go back into work, do they really think there's going to be a need for this? Like you're 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 saying that Facebook is looking at this for the new way to do meetings in the future. But in the future, hopefully, we're all going to be back together, right? So why would we know. need why yeah. would we need avatars? I, I, I guess. <laughs> It's a good question. So I think you might want to think of this or the way that Facebook appears to be trying to think, you know, a couple steps ahead is like, 
we're going to be in a bit of a hybrid world. So, and one of the, one of the, well, Zoom is great. One of the biggest challenges with Zoom is where you have some people in a room on Zoom and then other people, you know, dialed in. That, Zoom works great when everybody's on Zoom. But if it's, it's a mix of the two in person and on Zoom, it's not great. So this is the, the problem this is trying to solve is, okay, well, even if you're in the office, you could put this on. And if you're not in the office, you could put, you know, your headset on. And then you're going to be a little bit more on equal footing in terms of having a, a room together. Or even if you're in your car, you know, waiting for um, something or uh, if you're um, – you know, at a, you know, another location at a cafe, which would seem weird if you have a VR headset in your, uh, in a cafe, but maybe that, that future is coming. Um, the idea is to create a little bit more of a, of an equal playing field for people to, yeah. to have kind of these virtual experiences. Yeah. Now, well, we appreciate you for joining us today to break down mm-hmm. all that tech stuff. Uh, that was Jason Heiner, editorial director of CNET. Thanks so much. My pleasure. I mean, I don't know. I can't take everyone seriously as cartoons, but uh, me hey. Neither. <laughs> uh, next up, why this new giant pride flag was built in Oregon. Details next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show today, of course, more music here on Channel Q, but also some information. Yes. To make you really smart. Okay. Uh, and great conversation. We're going to be talking about uh, cis women in Drag Race. Should that be a thing? Is it problematic? That's in 30 minutes. Plus, breaking baby news for our Kardashian. That's in the tea report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer announced a temporary water conservation effort as liquid oxygen for COVID patients is impacting the city's water supply. Early limit the water of their lawns by asking our residents to temporarily limit the water of their lawns and washing of their cars. Businesses should also be limiting irrigation and pressure washing. This is another unfortunate impact of the pandemic continuing to surge in our community. And it's another result of what happens when the residents do not get vaccinated and become critically ill and need dire medical support. Now, Dyer is a Democrat and he's saying what needs to be said. Unfortunately, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is just going completely against this. It's the biggest hypocrisy I've ever seen to see the results of these decisions and not make a change. It's like going crazy. Florida blows my mind in several ways. Yeah. But this one's pretty tough for me to understand. And and to be devil's advocate, do you think that Dyer is is almost doing this like to draw a lot of attention from DeSantis and be like, hey, look, we have to conserve water over here. Like, well, I'm sure. Well, he's announcing it because it's an issue. Right. I don't think that. I don't think our, our idea, and maybe there, there are evil politicians out there, yeah. to go out of your way to do something that could have detrimental effects on the community and individuals that voted for you, like at that level. Like, I don't think I see him doing this to be like. Well, it's obviously really happening, and he needs to mention it right. because these Republicans who are fighting all these mandates needs they need to see that there are results and impact to them not creating mandates and not taking this seriously. Yeah, like I- people in ICUs, like other people who need to get treated in hospitals now can't get in. Are we okay with that? When did we become okay with all of this stuff? Why is the bar so low? 
It doesn't make sense. Well, I think it's just really low in Florida, if I'm being honest, because that wouldn't happen here. And that wouldn't happen in several other states where our governor actually kind of cares. Well, hopefully, I mean, look at the recall. (laughs) Now this guy's going against this Larry Elder guy. And and Newsom might be thrown out because he decided to have some mandates, even though now at this point, it's not like we're all here and alive. And some of us employed Mm -hmm. because of Newsom right now. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that a lot of people are not taking this recall thing seriously. Sorry, I know we're getting off topic, but I would would argue that a lot of people are not taking it seriously. That's why you got it. Yes, go vote. If you have that, find the thing to vote if it hasn't been mailed to you. September 16th? 14th. 13th. Sometimes September. Whatever it is. September. (laughs) But, um, all right. Finally, uh, residents of an Oregon town banded together to make a giant pride flag after their school board voted to ban it and other divisive symbols. Uh, This comes from Erin McCarthy. She and her husband, J-Bill, own a land on a hill about a mile and a half from Newburgh High School where the giant flag was installed so that students can see it. What a beautiful thing to do. She said, I wish it could be 10 times bigger. And it's like a big flag. It's one of those like yeah. full person flags. Massive flags. Uh, last week, the Newburgh School Board, we talked about this actually on the show, voted to ban any political speech from their schools. They pointed to pride flags, Black Lives Matter signs as examples of divisive messages mm-hmm. that they claim to make white and straight students feel excluded. First of all, I want back up j bill is the coolest name i've ever heard but second I know, of all I, I didn't even know how to say that yeah like, is that a name yeah no that's a cool name but but also okay you don't want to ban political speech if you really want me to get down to it isn't the american flag strictly political so yep. shouldn't you just ban all flags yeah. no flag zone that's just no that's, flag zone no flag zone we need to have a song you need to spin something no flag zone. no flag zone no flag zone no 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 anyway. nailed it <laughs> only the pride flag now, uh, three U.S. Senators, Angus King of Maine, Roger Wicker of Mississippi, and John Hickenlooper of Colorado announced separately Thursday they have the tested today. positive for COVID-19. All three have been vaccinated. Another reminder, you can get it if you're vaccinated, but the symptoms aren't as bad and not possibly death. The Senate is not in session this week due to August recess, and the chamber is scheduled to return next month. That was so much trending this hour. What's the tea, Alex D? Oh, that was nice. Okay, it's my turn. It's the tea report. (laughs) I'm getting there. Okay, uh, Kylie Jenner is pregnant, expecting baby number two with Travis Scott, um, according to TMZ. Uh, she's been trying to have a baby for a little bit now and obviously wanted the same dad. It's, it's, it's unclear if they're officially together. Uh, which I kind of like. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like that. Like it's a, a different way to look at your family, but also they're both billionaires, so did, I don't know if that the rules apply here. I, yeah, there are some people that want their kids to be from the same parent. Yeah, you know it just makes sense, and then they trust the genes. I guess they've seen one. They want they want them to have a same blood relative. Yeah, I mean Stormy's super cute. Can we take bets on the name of baby oh. number two? Lightning. <laughs> okay. Stormy and lightning. That is actually Thunder. Really cool. Okay. Maybe it's twins. Thunder and lightning. I like I put it that. here first. You heard I it here like first. My improv skills are not on point today. <laughs> I'm like, duh. I know. I have nothing. No, no, no. That, well, I'm, I'm putting my money down. Going to Vegas. I'm sure you can bet on things like that in Vegas. Spike. Spike Scott? Spike Scott. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. We'll, we'll go with that. I don't even know how to follow up, but that was the tea. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q.
Drag Race fans are up in arms as it has now been revealed that the UK edition of the drag competition will feature cisgender competitor Victoria Scone in its third season. What? Tony Moore joins us right now, pop culture enthusiast and host of his web show, Moore. Welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? I was so excited to see you as part of the show today, by the way, so I'm great. I'm so excited to like we are we always chat in passing, but like exactly. now we get to really chat in Kiki and I love oh, it. Oh yeah. Well let's get into it because mm-hmm. this is a pretty big deal. What is it your take is. on this? Because like why are they doing this? Doesn't this defeat the purpose of this show? Here's the thing. Um, because I feel like like many, um, I even battled with this myself, to be quite honest. Because in the art form of drag it's taking your male persona and changing it into your female persona um, for the art form of drag and female impersonation, right? Mm -hmm. This is what we've known for quite some time. But I feel like drag is starting to evolve. As we can see on Drag Race, we've had some um, competitors who are now competing on All-Stars who are now trans, uh, transgender come on and compete on the show as well. So what we're seeing is kind of like an evolution of drag where it's a little more open for other people to enjoy the art form of drag um, and also express themselves. And it, it's one of those things where it's like we, we're becoming that generation that's more open and accepting to this. So while it's, like, new, I think it's something that we have to, not necessarily have to, but, like, you know, have to be open to accepting this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, it's not I, the... I, I see you know, that. But the thing is, yeah. like this Mike.com article that wrote about this, they said, if the whole point is queer male rebellion, then how does that apply to cisgender women? Right. Well, see, that's the thing. I feel like... When you do the the art form of drag, and I, and I always call it an art form because it, it it truly is. You have to you have to do drag for the right reasons. You also have to know what it is you're getting into. I don't want you know someone getting into the art form of drag for the success of Drag Race. You know what I mean? I want you to know the history. I want I want you to to have a a, a clear reason as to why you're doing this and the history behind it. Um, and it's I don't know. It's just it's it's like a new norm. It's it's one of those things where it's like you kind of saw this announcement and you're like, huh, is that what we're doing now? Because yeah, the original you know premise of the show was seeing a male transform into a female, but at, but the show started over ten years ago. There has been so many things and such a progression in our country that are we now ready to now introduce cis, cisgendered women doing the doing drag we we've seen transgender women um and a trans man do drag um are we going to be okay with this yeah that's the big question i mean i do think this was maybe their experiment but they've gotten enough backlash possibly that they won't try it again well i don't well because normally if a, if a female does do drag they're they normally do the male version yeah. they turn their female persona into their male persona and this is the first time where a woman is simply um, exaggerating herself into a drag persona. And we, we saw this 
um, on Drag U. When, uh, when RuPaul did Drag U, many of the contestants from Drag Race took cisgendered women and put them in their drag form. Um, so it's, it's, it's really tough because on one hand, we want to be this generation and in this day and time where we're accepting of this, but the, the foundation of the art form of drag comes from a male becoming uh, a, their female persona. All right. Well, so we'll see what happens and if this gets implemented yeah. here in the U.S. Thank you so much for your take on all of this. We appreciate it. Of course. I, I, I just hope that people, just for now, uh-huh. we just we just accept it. We just okay. we just go into it with open arms and and see how how Victoria does. You know, we I hope she does well. But if we're going to be that that generation that's progressive and and a little more accepting, let's let's accept it first before we raise our fists in in, in anguish. Well, Tony, I love your perspective. Very optimistic. Yeah. That was Tony Moore, pop culture enthusiast and host of his web. Show more. Hope to have you back. Thank you. Anytime. You're the best. Next up, you can be paid to pretend to live on Mars. That's right. We'll tell you how next. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Are you unemployed looking for a new creative job? Well, now, according to NASA, you can get paid to live on Mars, but pretend to live on Mars. Get it? Like, it's not actually Mars. It's a pretend Mars. Okay, joining us to add some comedic flair to this conversation, and we get into how you can apply for this unique job is John O'Neill, who created Grindr's first original comedy series called Bridesmen that premiered to a sold-out 600-person theater at Outfest last weekend. Thanks for joining us, John. Thanks for having me, Shira. You know, I'm really excited to be here. I'm finally going to be employed. (laughs) What, comedy doesn't uh, give you enough money? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, after a few years of comedy, my mom sent this to me right away. and She said, you've been living on Mars long enough. This is perfect for you. (laughs) So, yeah, what do you think about this? Because I, I find it fascinating that you can live on a simulation of Mars and get paid for this. Uh, but I don't know if you obviously have the credentials for this. That while they put this out to everyone, it doesn't seem like everyone can do it. No, I can absolutely do this. I've been beta testing. I have been on the ground trying this out for years, and it's called drugs. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, well, you seem to have survived through it, so congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. And I will survive my next trip to Mars, which is tonight. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, all right, so they say that you don't have to be an astronaut to apply, FYI. The simulated Mars mission isn't for everyone, though. You have to be a U.S. citizen or a permanent resident, non-smoker between 30 and 55. Not sure uh, if that includes cannabis, by the way. Uh, okay. Well, you know, it won't be the first job application I've lied on. Oh, okay. <laughs> At least you're honest. Um, and also... They're looking for people with a master's degree in engineering, mathematics, or biological, physical, or computer science, or two years job experience in STEM, or 1,000 hours of experience in piloting an aircraft. Yeah, no, that's at the very top of my resume. I am a woman in STEM. (laughs) I mean, we need more of those. (laughs) We do. It's so, so important. So I I find this uh, great. I love what NASA is doing. But supposedly they have the strict requirement because a previous uh, simulated Mars mission led by Russia's space program failed because those tasked with the job were too much like everyday people. Russia just not getting it right. Uh, Russia added, the good part is, is that if they send me, they definitely won't have an everyday person. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You are not an everyday person. Actually, you, you, well, you make fun of yourself as a comedian, you have been doing some pretty successful and amazing stuff. Tell folks before we go about uh, Bridesmen. Sure. Um, quickly, it is the first show that's been made by Grinder. I know that everybody who's been using Grinder, super horny, has been looking for their first taste of indie comedy, but that's what this is. It's six episodes, about 10 minutes long, and it's a really goofy comedy about a bridesmaid, a male bridesmaid in his best friend's wedding, and he goes to ruin the wedding by f***ing room. Okay. Well, yes, we will be censoring that one word, but you get the point. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, and maybe <laughs> so if you're sorry. doing this in this 3D printer simulation of Mars, you, uh, you can watch this at the same time. Absolutely. I hope everybody streams it from Mars. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Shira. That was John O'Neill. Uh, check out his show. It's called Brinesman on Grinder. Now coming up on the show, Biden has given student loan forgiveness to a certain group of people. We'll tell you who next on What's Turning This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hope you're having a great Friday. I know I am. Ryan is out today, but you might have heard DJ Alex D, who is here, who so much fun having her here. It was her first time back in the studio, so welcome back. And I'm excited because guess what? It's date night tonight for me. That means I get wines and dines. That's what I want right now. <laughs> the countdown begins. But uh, we have a lot coming up on the show. One of the performers of Miami Beach Pride joins us in 30 minutes. Plus, Britney Spears news in a moment. This is getting weirder and weirder. Stick around for that. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. President Biden canceled another $5.8 billion of student loans. This is a big deal. It's the single largest student loan cancellation of his presidency. The automatic student loan cancellation for 323,000 student loan borrowers who have a total and permanent disability will start next month. So you need to have a total or permanent disability for this to apply to you. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, (laughs) Vanessa. Uh, As part of this student loan forgiveness, the education department also will implement uh, other changes to make it easier to get student loan forgiveness. So go check that out online for more info on the Odyssey app. That was big news to come out today. 
And now producer Vanessa is still in debt. Yep. Unfortunately. And a lot of you probably listening. So (laughs) let's all pray. Now, an Illinois teacher who allegedly told students that people are gay because they, quote, were unwanted in your parents' womb is under investigation for making discriminatory statements in class. Former student Maya Fan told a local station she proceeded to ask if I was gay in front of the entire class. Now, Fan is one of three former students who filed complaints against Morden High School teacher Kim Johnson, who taught an American Problems class at the school. The students say she used the class to, as an excuse to freely express hostility towards women, LGBTQ people, and racial minorities. How ironic. She is the problem. I American mean, problem. Me. Exactly. Oh my God. Now, White House Communications Director Kate Benningfield shared the latest evacuation figures from Afghanistan. Increase those numbers every day, Willie. Overnight, uh, we announced that we have now moved out 9,000 people since the fall of Kabul and 14,000 since July. So we are uh, we have taken control of the airport. We are uh, flights are leaving regularly. And I would say, you know, that's not something that happens without planning. That's not something that just happens. You know, the president planned for multiple contingencies, and that's why he prepositioned troops in the Gulf who were able to move in immediately after Kabul fell, take control of the airport, and begin to set up flights to get people out of the country. And uh, according to the Biden administration, that date tentatively is the end of August to get all Americans out of Afghanistan. But they still don't even know how many Americans are there. Now, let's get into this Britney Spears mess. I don't even know what to think about this. So according to TMZ, Britney Spears' dogs were taken from her earlier this month. This is after her dog sitter and housekeeper believed the pets were being neglected. And that's supposedly what triggered the confrontation between Brittany and her housekeeper that led to a criminal investigation. Okay, so according to these sources, around two weeks ago, one of her dogs became sick and the housekeeper took that dog and Brittany's other dog to the vet. They never came home. And other sources say Brittany's dog sitter, who is also a nurse, kept and took care of the dogs because she believed they weren't safe at Brittany's home. Now, how fishy is this? I don't know. There, There is a belief that possibly Jamie, her dad, who's been fighting, you know, supposedly is letting go of the conservatorship, but still fu- might be on it or fighting for it, might have orchestrated all of this. Ooh. And it, it, it's possible, right, to make her seem, unfortunately, not in her mind, like right mind to take care of her life and other things in her life. Listen, I'm a Britney Spears fan, but I'm a huge fan of animals. What if this is actually true? It's hard to know. I feel like we'll uh, never know, right? That's it's, a hard it, one for yeah. me. So August 10th, Brittany called the Ventura County Sheriff's Department to report a theft. When cops arrived at her home, she backed off and sent them away. And she was prepared to file a theft report over the dogs, but then changed that. So, like, this whole dog situation continues, continues, and then leads to her housekeeper and her having this altercation where I guess the housekeeper had a a phone with pictures and then Brittany hit her or somehow that happened and then it made the phone drop or something like that so and that led to the housekeeper that's what led to the housekeeper filing this report against Brittany so yeah I don't know what to think about this now the dogs are involved <laughs> I know it's hard when animals are involved P.S. still pre Brittany but still an animal 
I love dogs. Free animals. Uh, well, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how this impacts her case moving forward. But that was uh, some what's trending this hour. Next up, decluttering is bad for the planet, if you didn't know. So we're going to tell you how to do it sustainably after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Every year, we send nearly 150 million tons of waste to the landfill. Okay, this equals like 2.5 pounds of trash per person per day. What are you throwing out there? 9 million tons of clothing and shoes, 9.6 million tons of furniture. We are a bunch of animals. And that creates basically emissions that account for at least a quarter of today's global warming, basically ruining the planet here. Ashley Piper joins us right now, a sustainability expert and author of Give an S-Word. Can I say that word? Uh, Do good, live better, save the planet. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about this. Why do you think people don't see the stuff they throw away, how badly it impacts the planet? Well, I think we have a, a disposability culture, especially in the West. We think, you know, we put something in a garbage can or in the alley or in front of our building and, you know, it, it usually is taken care of. And we think with that being taken care of, it, it goes away and maybe it's reused. I think we, we have a misconception about one, municipal waste services wherever we live, and two, that if something is taken from our homes and we don't want it anymore that it's going to be you know it just goes away to this magical place basically and that's just not the case um it goes to a landfill usually um and donation as you touched on is it's kind of actually a big contributor to that we're finding now especially during the pandemic i mean there are places dedicated to this like we actually ship off our trash to different places in the world i don't think a lot of people realize yeah where things go Exactly. Yes. We usually uh, with our trash and even especially with our donations and clothing donations, a lot of those end up in more developing countries, economically depressed countries. And and there's it becomes their problem, uh, which is really irresponsible and and pretty crummy. (laughs) Yeah. So what is ethical offloading? Yeah, ethical offloading is really a term I came up with to describe a more intentional way of getting rid of the items you no longer want. You know, during the pandemic, especially, a lot of us have been indoors more. We're looking at these four walls. We're going, holy smokes, I've got a lot of stuff. Maybe we've seen the Marie Kondo special and we get a bee in our bonnet about wanting to organize our homes and pare down. And so ethical offloading is the alternative to kind of what we've always been told, which is, oh, you could throw it in the trash or you can take it to a mass donation site and someone will make use of it. Well, we know statistically that's simply not true. In fact, the, the opposite is, is what's the reality. So ethical offloading is, is finding a home, really rehoming those items in a responsible way. And if there is no opportunity to rehome them, finding a responsible way to recycle those items. Yeah. How realistic is that to the everyday person, though, who are just trying to live their lives and like overthinking even like their trash? They can barely handle their non-trash. Yeah, totally. It can seem overwhelming at first blush, but we've you know, there are a lot of uh, like businesses that have actually started as well as free uh, organizations and enterprises that make this actually pretty easy. Okay. When people ask me how they can go about ethically offloading, I say, well, do you want to make money off of this item? Is it still in good working order? Does it still look good? If that's the case, then you've got Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, 
um, for kind of bigger ticket items like furnishings. If it's clothing, you've got Poshmark and Mercari and ThreadUp and a host of other options to try to make a little bit of coin on uh, your cast-offs. And then if, it, if they're items that you just don't think are saleable, really, uh, there are buy-nothing groups on Facebook that have been around and been very much alive for a long time, but have since exploded during the pandemic uh, because we're really finding, one, people are experiencing financial insecurity during the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, especially. And a lot of us have things that might not be used to us anymore, but if we just listed them on a buy-nothing group, you'd be surprised of how much use they would be to someone else. Um, so there are a lot of free options to ethically offload items as well so that they don't hit the landfill. Yeah. And we, what's a buy nothing group for those who don't know? I mean, just the dopest thing ever, basically. But uh, there's something called the Buy Nothing Project that started a while back. And it's just it caught fire. And a buy nothing group, usually you search on Facebook and groups for something called a buy nothing group in your neighborhood or your area. And it varies by different places. Some larger cities are going to have a much more robust, active buy-nothing community. If you're living in a more rural or suburban area, you might not even have a buy-nothing group. But there are other avenues like Nextdoor. You can post there for free items that you want to offload. Craigslist has a free section that's always bumping with items. And, and, you know, never uh, underestimate the power of asking your friends and family if they're in, in like looking for something, because you never know uh, what people might be looking for that you may have that's just taking up space in your home and you don't want it anymore. Definitely. What about electronics? I feel like that's the thing. No one ever knows what to do with the electronics. And I'm talking about even it could be a charger, right? One of those big charges you connect your your phone to or even your laptop as you get a new laptop. Someone might throw it in the garbage, but you're not supposed to do that. Or you just keep it to yourself and you never use it. It just goes in your storage. What are you supposed to do with electronics? Well, again, it kind of varies by place by place. But there are organizations that absolutely will take your old laptops, uh, especially if they're not so, so old that, you know, like they have an Ethernet port or something really old. (laughs) But uh, there are a lot of like sheltered workshops in other countries, nonprofits that will take your uh, your computers. I'm based in Chicago. There's something called Free Geek that's a pretty cool program that will take your old computers and attendant hardware, and they actually teach folks how to fix these items so they learn marketable skills that they can yeah. then get a job, and then they resell these refurbished items. Usually also, uh, if you're buying a new computer, for instance, from Apple, they have a recycling program of their own products. And then if we're talking about things like chargers, uh, kind of the smaller things, which we all have just like all over our homes, but maybe one doesn't work. There's a company called Nimble for Good that actually makes eco-friendly, you know, like uh, power banks, chargers and and items like that. And they will send you a bag that you can collect all of your little kind of errant Mm. electronic pieces and you can mail it into them free of charge and they will responsibly recycle those items. That's amazing. I don't even know how you remember all these names of companies, but thank you for joining us. You're really great. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. You just, you do it long enough. You start to remember all the good ones. (laughs) Definitely. That was Ashley Piper, sustainability expert and author of Give a S Word. Uh, Do good, live better, save the planet. Where can people find you? Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, Piper. Amazing. Well, thank you again. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one.
Next up, Miami Beach Pride is coming up. Everything you need to know and one of the big talent singer Nitty Scott joins us for that right after this. You know, Channel Q airs around the country, including in Miami on 96.5 HD3. What's up? And Miami Beach Pride is coming up September 10th through the 19th. Guess what? We're bringing you to the source. MC Nikki Scott is going to be there. She is with us right now on this beautiful Friday. Welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> How are you guys? Good. You know, ending the week, and it's great to have you. When I saw that I'm going to have a Buddhist queer rapper on the show, I was like, yes, bring it. Oh, my gosh, yes. I'm so excited to just get out there, especially after this, you know, rough past couple years, and just represent for, like, all of my communities because we've all been through a lot, uh, no matter, you know, which one of the many that I'm a part of. Um, I think we've all been challenged in, like, unique ways, And I'm just really excited to get out there and represent for all of us and, you know, make people feel seen right now. Definitely. And Miami Beach Pride, what's going to happen there? Is it like hybrid, virtual, in person? (laughs) Um, So it's actually in person. It's like live, live. Um, I'm not sure. They might have some other virtual things going on. But I know as of right now, you know, God willing, if nothing else, develops yeah. you know with the COVID stuff as of right now we're doing a ball and we're doing the live show um in person so I'm really excited for that um there's nothing like that energy and I'm, I'm looking forward to having it so hopefully everything stays that way <laughs> oh yes I wish I could be there I could sew you some Miami right now <laughs> let me tell oh, you man. uh why oh. is representation important for Afro-Latina artists like you um, I would say, you know, there's just always been a lot of erasure when it comes to Afro-Latinas in particular. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of myth busting that mm. still has to go on despite the conversation that, you know, has been happening for a while. Um, you know, there's still a lot of people who don't believe that Latinas can look a certain way or believe that there is such thing as anti-blackness. Hmm. Um, within Latin America. So these are still, um, you know, hills that we're climbing and making people aware of. And um, I definitely do that every day when I represent my my voice, my community, and, you know, those of my ancestors. So, um, you know, that my Creature album, which was the previous project that I put out, the last, last album of mine, um, it's definitely, I would say, just beloved um, amongst Afro-Latinas, especially um, those of us who share the New York City experience, with, which is its own culture um, in its own. So, you know, I'm just, I live for the messages and the DMs and the girls screaming in the front row, the black and brown girls who feel like this is for them. This is a space where it's about me and I'm centered. And, you know, that's, that's what my work is all about. I, I love that. I love your your message, what you stand for, and how aligned it is, and even how you share this here. You feel it's like emanating from every part of you, which is so beautiful to connect with. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I got got a lot of passion um, and a lot of a lot of heart and a lot of energy to release on that Miami Pride stage. So <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling that. And also, by the way, I saw some of the music videos from that last album, and they were just incredible. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so let's talk about new projects you're working on. Any new music? What do you yeah. want to What do you want to give us right now? <laughs> yeah, I have a brand new album coming out August 27th, which is pretty much a week from now um, on Friday. It's called Jiggy Mommy, and it is a brand new full-length album of mine. We've got one feature on the entire album, which is the one and only Maya. And um, it is really a project that was born from just the quarantine and wanting to be creative and tap into, honestly, the exact opposite of how I was feeling and, you know, the experience of the lockdown and kind of wanting to counteract that with fun um, and just pure fun, but not mindless, Mm, Um, you know, music that still speaks to my character and, you know, but can also be um, enjoyable and something that kind of takes us out of our heads, you know, during this time. So, you know, it's all about being cool. It's all about um, the essence of cool, the essence of fun, which is a jiggy mommy. Um, and it's, it's really for all my all my jiggy babies out there. <laughs> August 27th, uh, the first album has, uh, the first single has been released already, Black Arita. So shout out to everyone who's been streaming that and running that up. We got the music video dropping soon, as well as the uh, the single with myself and Maya, which is entitled Jiggy Mommy. Oh as my well. god! Congratulations! So Jiggy Mommy season. <laughs> oh, I love all of that. Well, yes, check all of that out. Of course, follow her on Instagram at Nitty Scott MC. Check out the music, the new album, all of it, and of course, check out MC Nitty Scott at Miami Beach Pride. September 10th through the 19th, of course, in Miami. Where else? Thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me. Next up, DJ Alex D joins us back uh, to discuss Demi Lovato's latest statements about their gender journey right after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Demi Lovato continues to talk about their gender identity. So, of course, the singer came out as non-binary in May. But during this summit, the 19th Represents Summit, Lovato explained how they are on a gender journey forever, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. This is the one thing that's getting a lot of people yeah. a bit up in uppity. Yeah, same. Right? I don't even know if that's a <laughs> phrase or word. But they said, there might be a time where I identify as trans. I don't know what this looks like for me. Uh, there might be a time where I identify as non-binary and gender non-conforming my entire life. Basically saying, like, they're not sure and this is a process, which, by the way, totally get that. Right. But. I just have a lot of questions for them. I, I think that identifying as trans should not be thrown around so, like, easily. It's yeah. a journey. It's a process. You don't wake up one day and say, oh, I'm trans. But they, to me, don't really fully understand what that means. Yeah. In saying that, they made it like it was just a thing oh yeah like it might be this it might be that when one it's pretty clear what it is and trans individuals uh, have to fight for themselves daily their lives are being threatened so this idea that oh i could so flippantly go from one to the other isn't really fair to those of that experience whose rights are continuing to be taken from them right and i just feel like it was kind of insensitive. I mean, granted, they probably didn't mean it like that. Like, of they course, probably they int- meant it with all the respect. intention and context for. matters. Yeah. Yeah, and intention and context matters in this case. But when you see so many celebrities who definitely want to support the community and are part of the community coming into this space, sometimes it makes it seem 
disingenuous. Right. And 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 hear me out because I, I really do mean this with all the respect. Yeah. But they are seeing it through such a high top of a mountain mm. where they're not seeing like the bottom of it. You know what I mean? Like they're not seeing the dirt and the weeds in the trans community. So I as as much as I respect them for saying it and every single celebrity for speaking out, I feel like until you maybe get to the bottom where where some of us are, I don't know if you can really speak on it as a whole. You know that that makes sense. Well, it, it's it supports the community, and helps, but it also can be very dangerous. Yeah, right. Very when dangerous. when when just thrown out there without realizing the responsibility it has and and the real life consequences it has. Yeah, because the attention is is good most of the time, but it can also be very bad. Yep. So well, let's just be safe all around. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think of this statement from Demi Lovato at LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. Alex, thanks again for being with us on Let's Go There today. Hey, thank you for having me. This is fun. And it was. <laughs> now stick around after the show. We've got DJ Alex D Woo, back. You I'm got, back. You heard the talk, Alex. DJ Alex D with What's Poppin' with DJ Alex D after our shows on Fridays. What's poppin'? What's going to be coming up? There's new music from Dylan Francis. Of course, got that new Lizzo Cardi B. And I'm just getting you ready for the weekend, man. I'm excited. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.